Assalamu alaikum everyone. I hope you guys are doing so amazing. So I hope that I can get this episode up at least before Ramadan or at least in the beginnings of Ramadan, inshallah, if God allows me because y'all know me and my little podcast uploading drama. I am very consistent and then I struggle. <laughs> so inshallah, we can get it uploaded. Last year, I think, was one of my first Ramadan with this podcast, I believe, was it? I think it was. Yes, I think it was. Has it been a year since me and you are me and you on our second Ramadan together? Is this podcast at its second Ramadan together? That's so insane. So last Ramadan, I uploaded a episode just about Ramadan, talking about different goals, different stuff, just different things in general, just kind of like, you know, having a talk about some of the things that I saw a lot of people talking about and just generally some things. And so that's what we're going to do again. We're just going to you know, have a little bit of a tea talk and talk some things about Ramadan and whatever in the third. So honestly, I'll be the first one to say this and Mela, forgive me if I'm wrong for saying this, but I think that I know that lots of people struggle with Ramadan guilt and I'll be the first to admit that I struggle with Ramadan guilt severely to the point that sometimes I feel scared when March rolls around. And that's really bad to say, but I'm being honest that it it is something and it's something that I'm not too open about because I'm still kind of like working through it within me. And I think I talked a little bit about this last year, but I know that lots of people, they do struggle with Ramadan guilt where you feel like you're not doing enough. And, you know, to those people, I always try to post a reminder or like post podcast or somewhere just remind that Ramadan teaches us a lot about discipline. It teaches us a lot about discipline and about consistency. So one night, one day, if you didn't do your best, well, guess what? You're going to sleep, you're going to wake up, you're going to do it again. And that's just that. And Ramadan teaches you that you're going to do this again and again for a month. And so what happens is a lot of times in our daily life, when we fall short once, we are like, okay, I fell short, the end, not trying again. Ramadan makes you try again. You have to try again. You have to do it again. So you get up again, you try again. You get up again, you try again. And it's a beautiful example of how discipline and consistency can get you so far in your deen. And I love that. I really do. Some people always struggle with the fact that, you know, I'm praying, I'm not feeling anything, I'm fasting, I'm not feeling anything, da-da-da, and... I feel like it is such a blessing and it's so beautiful how even though you're not feeling anything, you're still doing these things. You're still obeying Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and I think that's beautiful that you know his reward is promised and you know that God will reward you for everything you do and your intentions and whatnot. So you keep doing it even though you might not feel anything and that is amazing. So I always try to remind people of that. Now for me personally, the case is a little different because this last Ramadan and a little bit of the one before, I really wasn't able to fast and I, I really tried my best, but then I couldn't. Um, I got some scholars on board and I was like, hey, besties, here's the problem. They're like, girl, stop it for real. Um, so because I'm one of those people that like, I feel like when it comes to spiritual obligations, just religious obligations, I... I will force and force and force and force and force and force. I don't care if I like die in the process. I'll force and force and force and force and try to do it. And that's kind of what I was doing last Ramadan. And then my entire family was like, she, we need to stop her. And then I eventually talked to some scholars because I just felt like the guilt of not being able to fast, especially I had medical reasons why I couldn't. And obviously my doctor was like, don't do it. Okay. You can't do it. But of course I went home and I still did it. <laughs> and then eventually like I talked to some scholars and they were like, homegirl get it together no um and so eventually i did have to 
I couldn't really fast as consistently and it was difficult because I remember like going on social media and reading other people talk about how oh my god I'm fasting and I'm praying taraweeh and I'm looking for the hajjah that I'm reading Quran and I'm not feeling anything and I remember sometimes I used to read those posts and I used to get feel I used to feel so irked inside I used to just skip them because I was like a lot of people we tend to be very ungrateful in the sense that you can fast when sometimes you can't fast and I know lots of other people feel this as well and I'm not trying to put down one struggle over the other, that feeling of fasting and praying and doing everything and still not feeling that religious, you know, that iman boost and everything. I get that. I've been there before when I was really able to fast consistently. I've been there. I, I, I know what that is about. But after not being able to fast and having that kind of be there in the picture, I feel like it really taught me to be so much more grateful. Because sometimes when I read those posts, the first thing that comes to my mind, I'm like, at least you can fast. You're complaining about the fact that you can do these things and you're not feeling them. On the other hand, I can't even do some of those things and I feel left out. You know, and I'm not saying that as like a pity party thing or anything like that. It's just to put it into perspective. Because I know so many people who do, and they are capable, alhamdulillah, mashallah, to do all of those things. And may Allah keep you that way and I pray that you know if you are that way you stay that way I know I had lots of years in my life where I was able to fast and I was able to do everything perfectly fine I've just been having a little bit of a bumpy road this past little bit but it's okay alhamdulillah and I know that inshallah like I'll get back to that point but um health wise but um I just don't it, it makes me kind of feel ways because it makes you really internalize how when you are able to fast when I was able to fast very very consistently right before like this previous Ramadan where I was having a hard time when I was able to do it I said those things I was like oh I'm fasting and I'm praying and I'm doing this and I'm not feeling anything and in that moment I never once thought what life would be like if I couldn't fast and that really taught me a lot this this time period taught me a lot and it still teaches me a lot because now every time when Ramadan rolls around I start to feel a little bit worried and anxious I'm gonna be the first to admit that as well and I know that this stuff sounds a little bit weird because on social media you don't hear people saying this you hear them posting countdowns to Ramadan you hear them posting you know I'm so excited for Ramadan and I'm so excited for this and I'm so, so excited for that and like inside you are excited but you can't help but feel a little bit nervous when you are not able to fast like you know I know I can do other things but you know how sometimes your heart still feels types of ways? That. And that's okay. It's perfectly normal. I don't know why, you know, we make it seem like it's not. It's normal. It's normal. I think that at first I really, really struggled with these feelings because I viewed them as not being normal. And over time, it's true. Like, when you are not able to fast, you're able to do so many other things. And I always mention that because you know not all hope is lost i was taking class yesterday and my teacher was talking to me and she was like okay so what are y'all doing for ramadan prep like what are your goals what are some things that y'all are doing and i was just straight up i was like sis i'm feeling down bad because like i don't know if i can fast or not i'm gonna tr obviously try my best but it just i just feel so scared from everything that happened last time that it just feels a little I feel a little off because even if you finish reading the Quran, even if you finish, you know, doing so many amazing things and you're proud of yourself for doing those things, sometimes like you still feel a little bit, you know, a little bit sad that you can't fast. That's normal. But at the same time, like that has taught me to be grateful for what you can do, for the ability to finish reading the Quran, for the ability to help people, for the ability to do all the other good deeds that are there for you to do. And of course, I always like to remind people this as well. Sometimes listening to Allah's commandments you know, especially in regards to the things that you can't do, 
in all aspects is the best thing you can do so if you can't fast physically because you know it's going to make you incapable in so many other places and it's going to ruin your health and it's not going to benefit you sometimes following Allah's commandment where he tells you not to do it especially if you have those circumstances is the best thing you can do instead of forcing yourself instead of making it worse you know, at times, some people, they can't do it, and then they're barely able to pray, and they're missing their prayers because they fasted, and that, that that's not right, right? Because they they feel so sick, or they're throwing up, or whatever it might be. Like, there, there's people that go through these things, and I know some of my friends, they're older parents, like, they go through those things during Ramadan. So it's like, they make it their goal to, like, finish reading the Quran multiple, multiple times, which is great. But you have to be grateful to be able to do those things as well. Be grateful that God has given you the ability to set those goals, to read the Quran, that you know how to read the Quran, that you know how to read it. And if you don't know how to read it, be grateful that you're learning. And if you're not learning, be grateful for the fact that inshallah soon, you know, if you are planning on learning, you're going to be able to learn soon, or you have the ability to just read the English translation if you recently converted or whatever. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, everywhere we are at a certain stage, there's something to be grateful for. If you cannot fast, be grateful for the fact that you can read the entire Quran and that you are praying and that you're able to help people, that you are feeding people, cooking for people, that you are out there. You're the one who's doing the grocery, bringing stuff home for people so they can open up their fast with, that you're the one who's spending the day in the kitchen cooking for people, that you're the one who's helping people run their chores and errands, that you're the one who's assisting the people that can do it, that you are the one who's setting up different goals for yourself, doing different goals whether it might be in regards to the good doing it more at a consistent time doing it more consistently period just religious goals grounding yourself more becoming more aware and growing more of a abundance mindset having more tawakkul in allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that you know god can make anything possible a lot of times when we make dua to allah we are crying and bawling our eyes out over things that are possible and allah can make anything impossible possible just grounding yourself living every day and actually noticing that you're living every day not necessarily living on autopilot not necessarily not living in your blessings you know so sometimes the best thing you can do for yourself is ground yourself and that's one of the goals that i have for this ramadan as well so of course some of the goals that i have obviously is to finish reading the quran and whatnot in the third um every ramadan i have like a specific type of project that I try to do. I don't remember what Ramadan this was, but a few Ramadans ago, I made it the goal to like memorize and understand Allah's Nadia names. If you haven't done that, make that your goal this Ramadan. It is so cute. I love it. I think that it's such a nice goal to set and you can get it done within Ramadan, inshallah, if God wills. And if you can't, it's okay. You just keep being consistent at it um, because Allah's 99 names, they hold so much power and there's so much barakah and just blessings when you spend time learning more about God. So that was something that I did a few Ramadans ago and I, since then, like whatever you learn, whatever you memorize, revise it or else it will fly out of your brain, okay? Half of knowledge is really revising it, revising it, revising it because you're gonna forget things. That's one of the things that I recommend some people to do if you have not done it already. Memorize Allah's 99 names. It is a great thing to do. Of course, finishing to read the Quran is obviously one that I'd recommend lots of people to have. That is one that I've, I always have every Ramadan. I remember my teacher, she always says this thing. She's like, I don't care what I got to do. I don't care. Front to back. At least one time, that Quran's getting finished in Ramadan. I don't care what I have to do. And that's like, she's like, I don't care if I gotta pull a lighter. I don't care what I gotta do. It's gonna get done. And so ever since, like, I, that's something that I always pick up as well. I'm like, I don't, I don't know. I don't care. It's gonna get done. One Quran is gonna get done. Inshallah, 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 inshallah. Pinky promise. Inshallah, pinky. 
inshallah 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 and we'll get done but um that's something that i like make it very unconditional always make it in a way that you don't pressure yourself but remember that like this is that month i gotta get stuff done like i have to do things but you have to pressure yourself in a healthy way in a way of understanding where your shortcomings are and where your strengths are if your shortcomings are in a certain area of fasting and whatnot and you physically can't do it applying pressure to yourself to do it when you know you can when you've scholarly gone to consensus that you are okay to not do it and medically you're not allowed to do it applying yourself that pressure to still do it it's like you know focus on your strengths focus on what you can do so that's one thing that I always recommend finishing the Quran from back to front, front, front to back, <laughs> front to back. Um, that's obviously so important. All in all, I think the important thing is just to remember that this time of the month, everything is there for you. You're going to get more rewards because that's who God is. God's going to give you more reward, right? In whatever you do. This is the month where it's already laid out for you. You just got to show up. Another thing that my teacher, she always says, and when I told her about like how I was struggling with just Ramadan goals and whatever, because I, what I do is every Ramadan, even if I'm mentally and physically feeling a little like, and emotionally, just kind of feeling a little bit scared and feeling a little bit just nervous about Ramadan because of, you know, whatever it might be and dealing with Ramadan guilt, I still always do this thing and I recommend everyone still does this. I still write down my goals. I still make a paper. I still write down my goals. I remember this Ramadan when I was... Previously, this is something that I like to do before Ramadan comes. Make Ramadan goals. Um, Ramadan prep in my Ramadan prep week. I know some people do like literally a week before Ramadan. I start earlier or like around a month or so. And like I make certain goals. And I'm going to be honest. That sometimes when you're making those goals, you just don't feel it. You're just like, okay, this is something I want to do. Inshallah, I can do it. And you keep the hope the initiative and the drive to get it done but like you just don't feel 100% like you still feel a bit nervous you still feel a bit of guilt from last Ramadan I get all of that so still do it still do it still do it I remember last Ramadan when I was not able to fast I made like a whole sheet of goals and stuff I wanted to do even though I didn't feel it I still trust me write it down and then just try your best and you will see God will help you make those things get done okay so even if this ramadan i know some people they did not they have not done any ramadan prep like they just can't get themselves to do it because they feel very very guilty they feel very sad or they feel very anxious or whatever they've been super overwhelmed take some time take a piece of paper it has to be on a piece of paper don't talk to me about no notepad in your phone i mean i guess you could do it on your notepad your phone time be too happy but i like pieces of paper because then you look at it every morning and you read it I like it. And now before you say, can I just take out my notepad every morning and read it? Yeah, you can. Whatever. Whatever you want to do. Just do whatever you want. I don't care. Um, but piece of paper just really hits home, you know? So write down your goals. Even if you think that there are some of them, like, you're like, I don't know if I can't just write them down. If you have memorized all those 99 names, I think that's a great one. If you feel like you struggle with just reading Quran consistently, have a schedule on how often you intend on doing it so you can finish little things. One of my other goals that might not seemingly seem related to Ramadan but it actually is something I strongly need is to kind of be more grounded in my everyday life and to kind of live more presently and not live on autopilot or kind of stressed that's something that I want to do and so one of the things that I'm doing for that is I have a journal and I put it on the side of my bed and I've been trying to be more consistent at the end of every day to write down something anything sometimes what happens is when we structure 
our journals and i have a structured journal too i'm a i'm a journal girly till the day i die i should make a podcast on just journals oh my god i can go on forever but um y'all want y'all want to y'all want to eat on journals i know somebody out there saying no that's boring i don't care i didn't ask i'm, I'm probably gonna do it so because this is my podcast and you don't have to listen <laughs> so um i know that we all have like structured journals and stuff but i keep one inside my bed where now i don't structure anything i just write down whatever i want to write down i write down what i'm grateful for or i'll write down what i'm sad about or i'll write down what i'm happy about or i'll write down what i feel like i could have done better or i'll just draw something like whether that's something to help me just feel better I'll scribble on a piece of paper i don't know do something write down something at the end of every day reflect on something however you do it i don't care some people do like this whole thing where they like draw different like little pictures and stuff i've seen it on social media i don't care do what makes you happy um i sometimes just write you don't even have to write a lot or you can write a lot just do something at the end of every day to reflect because quite often and i want you to ask yourself this question when you wake up in the morning what's the first thing you think about in a hopeful world we'd like to be like yeah you know what i'll wake up i say alhamdulillah do my dhikr and some days it is like that some days it is like that you do morning adhkar and you're like mm-hmm, yeah mm-hmm, ready for success some days it is like that and then some days you wake up and you're like wow you remember that assignment it's sitting there it's right there it's sitting there on my computer and i gotta get it done and then i'll oh, remember that i have to do this i have to do that and it's just oh it's so much because I know for me, someday that's like that, where I'll go to bed and I'll be thinking about everything that I have to do tomorrow morning. And I'll wake up tomorrow morning actually anxious because I'll feel so overwhelmed with everything. But it's like Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala woke you up this morning. Take some time to thank him. Take some time to start your day with God. Start your day with God. That's my next one. That's another goal. Instead of rushing and running through your routine, start your day with God. Start your day doing your morning with God. Doing some, you know, just, just kind of laying in bed, feeling grateful. Think about some things you're grateful for. Even before your day has started, you woke up today and the better is coming. That's really all you need to know. Thank God. That's it. And that's something that I recommend doing. Now, a lot of people seemingly don't think that these things connect with Ramadan, but they really do. Because when you focus yourself more on your everyday life and what's going on in a positive way, not in a way of getting consumed in dunya, but in a way of grounding yourself and becoming more grateful, growing a more abundance mindset and being grateful that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given you what he's given you. And he's so much more capable of giving you everything else you desire as well, regardless of what your doubts might say, you know. It really makes you kind of grow more faith in God. It makes you love God more. It makes you have a better relationship with God. Sometimes our relationship with God is very transactional, as in you are learning things or you are attending different lectures, whatever, 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 and you're just learning, 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 but you don't have a deep emotional relationship with God. And I feel like being focused in your everyday life and running out what you're grateful for, just noticing how God works and the way that he works is beautiful. Another thing that I've been doing is a dualist. Because why not? You know, some motivation for those that are on social media doing da'wah. I know that on social media, during Ramadan, almost every person that does social media wants to quit social media during Ramadan. <laughs> because everybody wants to go offline for the month and just take some time out. And that's beautiful and you should. And I know so many of my close friends that do do social media or have podcasts, and they're all leaving. They're like, bro, halas, we're packing up. We're packing up, bro. It's a matter of like seven days and I'm gone. I'm gone the second Ramadan comes around. I'm leaving. And everybody's leaving social media for Ramadan. Rightfully so. Because I do think that, you know, it can give a lot more of a benefit. But for those that are doing Dawah, personally for me, I was thinking of leaving social media for Ramadan. But I'm not going to. And that's for various reasons. 
and by leaving social media i mean like posting on social media and like posting podcasts and stuff i think that mindless scrolling stuff that y'all do yeah that the mindless scrolling that you know we're all kind of guilty of no i i think that, that that should be taken away of in ramadan um because i don't think that there's much benefit in just mindless scrolling especially if you're not learning anything like islamically bene- beneficial you know but for me i was thinking of getting off of social media and not posting not doing anything for that month but i was like no because a lot of times what happens is we tend to think like okay i just want this month to just do me and that's good and you should and if you feel like you need to do it like why not you know i'm not discouraging anybody who does go offline i'm just saying that it's so important to remember that around this month the reward for getting on here helping other people helping yourself and just posting things to help other people with their faith is so big and so it's just an opportunity i don't want to miss that's a long story short i want that opportunity of course i'm not shaming anybody who does go offline because i've done it so many times and i probably might do it i don't know but as of right now i don't think i will stop posting during ramadan i think i will i know that i do have some ramadan series which by the way if it works out it works out if it doesn't oopsies pretend pretend that pretend I never said that. But um like again, prep for Ramadan. I started making different series and stuff and just different things that I wanted to do around like February because social media regardless of whether we want to say it or not again, like people might go offline. A handful of people might go offline, but some people are still going to be on social media. A lot of people are still going to be on social media. This is like the prime time to like get so much dawah out and help people, benefit people. So like really up that game, but in a positive way and make sure that you are not getting too consumed in social media and in mindless scrolling that you're just posting and leaving because that's what I've been doing. And I think that it's so much more better as compared to just sitting on social media and whatever. It's a great time to get so many good deeds and inshallah and help people. And by the way, the reason why I mentioned this when I'm talking about dua list Two years ago, two and a half years ago, maybe three years ago, don't remember when, but it was at least two to three years ago, somebody on Instagram that I knew, I think it was a mutual, posted a post on her story that was a list that somebody made of du'as to ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in Ramadan. And in just general, du'as that you can ask Allah, and just like a wish list thing. And it was so beautiful. It was like, I think 50 or 75 different du'as that somebody wrote like, about you know just well-being our families our loved ones and it just it worded it so nicely and it was so well it was just a whole list a whole post of different du'as to ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala different requests to make and whatnot and I loved it so I screenshotted it all and ever since then I've used it every Ramadan and that person who posted it I don't even remember who posted it and I think they don't even remember that they probably made that post because like two to three years ago but ever since they posted that I use it I used it every Ramadan coming and I'm doing it this one as well. Like this one, Ramadan. I already went through my gallery. I was digging through my gallery. I'm like, where is that post? I know you know what post I'm talking about. I was scrolling through my gallery and I found it. And again, inshallah of God wills, I intend on reading those thoughts again. So that's my point. You don't know what you post on social media that somebody could screenshot and save and then use and benefit and learn from and gain good deeds from. So that person who posted that probably has no clue. But I I read those thoughts almost every Ramadan when it rolls around. And I add on to those as well. And I pray that that person who posted it gets reward for it as well. I mean, but that's the whole point. If you are on social media doing dawah, you need some motivation. This is the time of the month. This is that time, bro. This is that time. You are going to get so much reward, inshallah. Do it for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And you never know what you can do can help so many people for not just this Ramadan, but for months and months to come. 
Some people might have a very busy schedule in Ramadan, some people might not. Whatever it is, try to spend time being intentional in everything that you do. Like I always preach on the top of my lungs, you'll always get a reward for it. And then just content on social media, make sure it's Allah subhanahu sick. Ramadan is a time when a lot of people that might not necessarily be close to the deen start to find their way and you never know what you can post or what you can say that can make somebody just feel changed. So think about that. This is a time of year where so many people return to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and they stay and you definitely, inshallah, you know, to your best degree, want to make sure that you are somebody who can help out in that process. Yo, mid-break, y'all know what's something that I just cannot, I can't necessarily wrap my head around? Like, I get it and I understand how it works. I, I get all of that. But you know something that's just very unsettling to me? Daylight savings day. I, okay. Whatever. Is it just me? I don't know. You know, I, I was talking about this with my mom. And I was like, Mom, and my mom feels the same way about Daylight Savings Day. Like, Daylight Savings Day, it, mm, Daylight Savings Day, mm, 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 meh, not a fan, not a fan at all, at all, like, ever. It drives me crazy. <laughs> it drives me crazy. <laughs> it's just, I, okay, like, it doesn't drive me crazy like I'm fine with it, but it's just, I don't like it. I don't, I don't like it. Oh, I just, I know it's, I know it feels like a stupid thing to have an opinion on, but I just, it's unsettling. And you know what's so crazy? I was telling my mom this. I was like, mom, watch, daylight savings day is coming. This was before daylight savings day came. Like a week or two prior to daylight savings day, I was talking to my mom about daylight savings day. And I was like, Mom, watch. When Daylight Savings Day come, like they do every year, they're going to go and release reports on how Daylight Savings Day and just the change in time strongly affects older people and how it negatively ex ex I'm sorry, affects the mental health and it affects them in such negative ways. Every year they do. Trust me. Go, go on Google right now. Go look at the news. Go wherever. Wherever, whatever you trust. I don't know. Just, just look. Just look. Just look around. There, there's already reports. Daylight savings day. I, I open up my phone. I open up the TV. You know what's there? Daylight savings day is strongly affecting older people. Here's why. And here it is again. And every single time they release the same report about how daylight savings day is affecting older people and how we should stop really going forth with it and stick to one time thing and every time there's the same same thing and different wording on how we should just stick with a one standard thing and not go back and forth because the shifting and this and that and whatever and the third and how it affects older people every time and i was like mom watch they're gonna do it and they did and i was like you know what's so funny is every time they say this every year and then they never do it they never stick with it they never do anything about it we never even see any follow-up reports, bro. Like, they'll just post about it. Daylight savings is really affecting the older elderly. Here's how it's affecting them. You want to know more? Click this. And it's like, every year they have the same thing. And then we just shove it under the rug. And, like, elderlies are getting extraordinarily depressed. I'm very passionate about my elderlies and my aging individuals. That's something I'm very passionate about. And just, just that general thing, period. I'm very passionate about elderlies. Before, I, it's a long story to explain, but I just think that aging is such a in big, inevitable part of life. And I think that it's crazy how in our healthcare system and just generally, we don't have much of an emphasis as people think we do on aging individuals and understanding them. Elderly and aging individuals, period, just elderly especially, have so much problems with 
different things. They face depression. They face so many things and they struggle to express it. I know some elderly that face suicidal ideation. So it's like there's there's problems and it's so baffling because we just see it as, okay, they're old now and now they're physically not as capable. Let's take them to their exams. Let's take them to the doctor. Let's take them here. Let's take them that. And there's so many different adaptations for elderly people. I'm very passionate about this. I'm very, I very much am. Okay, this is, I can go about this forever. This is a whole other topic. Um, and so it's just, it's, it is what it is, right? And like, we never do anything about it afterwards. And I was just telling my mom, I'm like, mom, watch. And then they did it. And then I was like, mom, look, they did it. And my mom was like, I know, I knew they were going to do it. And so it just drives me crazy. Because then it's like, y'all release the same report every time. Or the same thing every time, reverberated. Talking about, you know, elderly or aging. They're the people, they're feeling depressed. They're going through a hard time with the time zone shiftments and whatnot. And then y'all just like forget about it in a day and a half. And then never do anything about it. And then release the same report next time. Like, I don't know how else to say it. Like, I don't see the point. You know? Because it's like, you either do something about it or you don't. I don't get it. And that's the thing they were saying to my mom. I was like, Like, it doesn't make any sense to me. And my mom was just like, I don't know. I don't know. And I get it. That a lot of people, they, they don't feel this way about daylight saving day. But I got opinions, okay? And they're, they're inside of me. And they're coming out soon, I'm telling you. Also, for the girlies, there has not been one girl that I talked to that didn't talk about this. I know we are all subconsciously quite worried about our period because we don't want it in the last 10 nights. I talk to every girl, and every girl has said the same thing on how they don't want it in the last 10 nights. And on Eid and whatever, but they were like, you know what, I might tough it out if it's on Eid, but like the last 10 nights, I want those nights. Because the thing is, on the last 10 nights, even if you can, like, make the one, whatnot, just really praying and whatnot, talking to Allah, obviously it's amazing, but... If you can't, and you end up getting your period or something, like, remember, you can still talk to God, you can still make dua and whatnot, and I, that's obviously important to remember, and inshallah, Allah will still accept your dua, and inshallah, you'll still get the reward for what you would have done. But is there, like, a worldwide message that all the girlies got? Because why is it that when March comes around, and I've talked to a lot of people about this, it ain't just me, why is it that when March comes around, like, when Ramadan comes around, specifically Ramadan, regardless of what month it is, the period just goes away. Like, it just vanishes, or it's, like, late. It doesn't come on time. So then the entire month, you're like subconsciously thinking, you're like, where it at? Where it at? When it, is, it, is it today? Today's the day? Today's the day. It's coming today. And when, when like your fast bar opened before Maghrib, oh, that's painful. Painful. I know. The girlies know. When it breaks like two minutes before Maghrib, bro, pain. Pain. Bro, like that, like I, I don't, I've never felt like, deep anger deep like deep just like that 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 feeling where you're just silent because you're so speechless but i have because quite a few times mine has broken my fast which already is so hard for me to fast it would break literally two minutes before maghrib when i would go to go to wudu and i was like no this can't be real and i'd literally start crying in the bathroom i'm not joking <laughs> and i know that it's really hard but remember that you still do get a reward inshallah and I know it's bitter. I know. But especially the last 10 nights, I know that everybody's kind of subconsciously thinking, like, where's homegirl at? She better not come in the last 10 nights. But then, you know, if she comes, she comes. That is what it is. Alhamdulillah that it is coming and that you're fine. But remember that you can always make dua, which is one of the reasons also why I made a dua list. Because just sitting down and writing those things out and having it mentally in your mind, remembering that I'm asking Allah for these things, it really creates a deeper meaning as compared to just 
you know, transactionally just saying them. Saying them is also amazing, but I think sometimes writing them down really helps you reflect on what you want in your life. I know one of the other things that I try to do is every month, the first of every month, when the month begins, I take a piece of paper and I write down all my thoughts for that month, and then I read the one from last month. The rule is, the way that I do this, and this is nothing special, this is not like any big secret or life hack, um, this is just something that I do, okay? It doesn't, I don't, it doesn't have any deep spiritual religious thing behind it, but, um, I take a piece of paper if I can, if I remember to do this. I, in the beginning or first weekish of every month, I write down the things that I want for that month, specifically for that month. And then I fold up that piece of paper and I hide it and I don't look at it. And then the next month, when the next week of that month rolls around, so March, I'll write another piece of paper in March of all the duas that I want and I'll read the previous one. And you'll see that so many of the things that you asked Allah for come true. We just don't notice it. You're living in so many of your duas and so many of your blessings right now. You just don't notice it. So do that. That helps you feel so much more grounded again. And that just helps you recognize how, look at how many things Allah has already answered. It is such a good activity to sit there and think about all of the duas that you've asked Allah for and how so many of them have gotten answered. A lot of times when they get answered, we forget or we're like, oh yeah, alhamdulillah. Okay. And then you just keep going. Like you don't take time to truly be grateful for it. So writing down all of the duas that Allah has already answered for you really helps you in every way and helps you in your iman and your faith in god because you're like look allah has answered all of this why won't he answer what else i'm asking for him now a lot of times when we want something we make dua for it we're very uncertain we're very like i don't know if it's going to come true or not why do you think that god has already given you everything else before that you asked him for just sit down reflect on it for a little bit it really helps you stay grounded and remember that god is answering you you are not as you know abandoned as you think you are you just have to reflect a little bit and you'll notice god is right there with you but honestly, another random thing that I'd recommend for Ramadan, get more involved in your community. I know some people don't like to hear that because either you don't have a Muslim community or it's hard to get involved. Honestly, one of the best ways to get involved is just to literally like text somebody in your community and be like, hey, you need help? Like, that's it. Just ask somebody. Like, do they need help? A lot of times people that are running, you know, different mandrasas and whatnot, like, they need help. They need help. <laughs> they They definitely need help. And so like... Just, just slide in the DMs and be like, hey, you need help? I I can offer this, this, this. Just help. Honestly, it makes your life so much better and it changes your life. So if you're somebody who's not necessarily interested in content yourself, like producing content yourself, you should definitely help out the people in your community because I think that that is so much reward, inshallah. Um... I think it's so nice to do. I know some people don't necessarily like to put themselves on social media. They don't like to post content themselves, but they like to manage other people's. You should do it. You should totally do it. And like a lot of people are hesitant to ask. I remember one time I was like, talk to some people that were like really hesitant to ask. Like, just ask. You just slide in the DMs. You just, just like, hey, you need help? I have a friend who reached some very successful positions by just sliding in DMs. I'm not joking. She, she works for quite a few successful places and all she did was shoot an email and DM. I know that I've, I've done DMs before. I'm just like, hey, hi, you need anything? <laughs> just slide in a DM. It's okay. And then offer whatever you can. And then inshallah, you'll get so much reward for it. And that's a great way to help other people and to just make other people more involved in what's going on in your community and whatnot in the third. Another thing I'd recommend for Ramadan, and obviously the most important one, whatever goal you make, and I always say this, so it should be imprinted in your mind. Whatever goal you make, keep it keep it outside of Ramadan. So make your goals realistic and make them something that you know you can keep. 
So if you start a consistent dhikr pattern in Ramadan, keep that dhikr pattern outside of Ramadan. That's the only way that things are truly going to start evolving in your life. So many people do so much in Ramadan and then literally the day of Eid, bro, the day of Eid, they leave everything and then it's just back to how they lived before. And then they're saying, oh, Ramadan didn't change me the way that I wanted it to. You saw who you were in Ramadan. You loved that person. What did you do to be that person? So many people say that they just need Ramadan to come to make them this person and then they can't be that person outside of it. That's not true. It's not true. Obviously, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's mercy and his love and everything is so much more abundant especially there's so much reward around this time but you did certain actions if you listen to music you stopped listening to it if you didn't pray you started praying like you started making those changes for you and then you saw how much you loved life you saw how much you loved god you saw how much you loved who you were becoming then you left those things right when eid came then you're like oh i need ramadan again to come back no you need to keep those habits that you built that's what's going to change majority of a lot of what i have in my life or the habits that i have were all built in ramadan and of course like there's some things that i built outside of it but like majority of the things if you struggle with a consistent dhikr schedule dhikr bro moves mountains like literally it moves mountains and all you gotta do is move your tongue like it can change your life set that consistent routine whether that's before bed or in the morning wherever you do it in ramadan you're gonna do it outside of ramadan that's what i'm saying make your goals realistic make them something that you know you can do you can keep out of it Allah loves the consistent things that you do consistently they could be small it just has to be consistent it has to be consistent so if you have a consistent pattern keep up with it I know so many people stop listening to music in Ramadan and I'm just gonna say this one question and this one question should really say it all if you stop listening to music in Ramadan why do you listen to it outside of Ramadan that's it it's simple as that because you say oh it's wrong it's wrong to listen to music in Ramadan well, don't you think it's wrong to listen to it outside? If you live your life subconsciously, like, you know, whether Ramadan or not Ramadan, I still got to do these things. I still got to leave these things. Life changes. I talk to so many people that leave music in Ramadan because it's wrong and I don't want to get sinned for it. But why do you listen to it right after? The day of Eid, you're listening to music. It's not good. And I'm not saying that to shame anybody or to be a negative Nancy because that's not what I'm trying to say. I'm just generally saying people don't focus on it but it's important to make these changes and to change who you are it takes consistency and discipline my teacher always says the thing and she says how ramadan teaches us to sometimes for a certain period of time refrain from food and obviously food's halal right there's nothing wrong with eating food on a usual right but it teaches you to refrain from it and you don't eat it and you're getting a reward. You're getting a reward for fasting. You're getting a reward for engaging yourself in, you know, just the remembrance of Allah and worshiping Allah and whatever. You're getting that reward for refraining from those things, from refraining from sin. So imagine how much reward you're getting for refraining from the things that you probably previously struggled with, those sins, and refraining from it now. You're refraining from food, from eating, which is halal for you most times. And of course, after, you know, around Maghrib, then you can eat it and you can't. But you're refraining all day from it and you're getting a reward for that. So imagine how much reward you're going to get for staying away from sin. Entirely. And that's a big deal. A lot of the best, one of the best things you can do in Ramadan is just drop things. Drop sins. Drop bad habits. You have a habit of free mixing. Drop it. You have a habit of listening to music. Drop it. Just drop it. Everybody's dropping. Just drop it. So many people are scared to drop those habits because they're like, oh, people are going to judge me for thinking I'm weird. Who cares? I don't care what you think. 
bro i literally don't like you should not care what anybody thinks this is that time of month just drop whatever you want to drop change whatever you want to be you can do this even outside of ramadan but if you need that push do it so many people who don't wear the hijab put on the hijab for ramadan and then they're like i feel like i want to keep this on but it's so difficult for me because right when eid comes around like i'm used to taking off my hijab i'm used to just going back and not wearing it no you you put it on you love the way that it makes you feel and you feel like this is something you want to do who cares what somebody's gonna say who cares i know some girls that are scared to wear the hijab because in ramadan people make fun of them for being a hijabi in ramadan and taking it off after who cares wear your hijab and don't just wear your hijab in the sense that I'm becoming hijabi for Ramadan. No, I'm becoming a hijabi because this is something that I have to do, I want to do, and I will do. Don't limit yourself to just Ramadan. I'm becoming a hijabi just for Ramadan. No, limit. make this a going on thing. Make this forever. Make this now forever type of thing. Don't make it just for it's Ramadan. So I'm going to have it on for these 30-ish days and done. No, have it on. Make the mindset that I'm putting it on. It's going to stay on. Same thing for any other goals you set. Don't limit them to just Ramadan. I'm doing dhikr for Ramadan. No, you're going to do dhikr. You're going to create that routine of dhikr even outside of it. So make them realistic. And especially for the girls. Like I know so many girls that become hijabis in Ramadan. And I love that for you. But don't make it your goal to just be a hijabi in Ramadan. Keep going outside of it. You can go outside of it. If you can do something once, you can do it again. And that's how I view a lot of things in life. If you can do it for a whole month, you can do it for another. And if you can do it for another month, you can do it for another. And if you can do it for another, guess what? You can do it for another. And if you can do it for another, guess what? Guess what? Guess what? Guess what? You can do it again. So that's how I view everything in life, really. If you struggled with something and you got over it once, guess what? You can do it again. That's how life is. That's how so many things in life are. If you feel like you've gotten, you know, you've hit rock bottom and you've recovered from and gotten out of it guess what you can get out of it again you got your trust broken or you feel sad or you're going through a hard time or you're depressed or whatever and you've been out of it guess what you can do it again and if let's say you've never done this thing before let's say it's your first time being depressed and you don't know how to get out of it guess what you will get out of it make that mindset you get through it and obviously i have like so many eps that talk about depression i think that's like my whole thing that i talk about and once you're able to do it guess what you're gonna do it again you can do anything. If you do it once, you can definitely do it again. So stop fearing things that have happened already in your past and thinking, how will I get out of it? You got out of it before. Get out of it now. And if it's your first, then remember God's with you in it and he's going to take you out of it. Don't worry. Definitely try your best to read the Hajjah, especially in the time of Ramadan. If the Hajjah is not a habit for you, um, make it a habit. It is a beautiful thing. I think that it is so... The Hajjah is a very... It's life-changing in lots of ways. And... I know that in the beginning, it can be really hard to wake up, but then over time, bro, like, it really doesn't feel that hard, and it's something that you should do, and it's so worth it. Yay, do that too. Um, let me see if there's anything else that I want to touch base on that I remember. If you are a revert or a convert, just know that I know that Ramadan can be probably one of the hardest months for you, and I want you to know that that doesn't go unnoticed. I know it's hard to not eat all day when your family's literally like hey come eat or they're against you just being muslim period we have to hide everything you have to hide and change your clothes outside you have to like change everything do everything outside you have to hide from your own family i know it's not an easy month i just i hope you know that you're gonna get so much reward for it please don't soak down don't let your family or let people that don't believe ruin your motivation and your drive you deserve the world and i'm so proud of you i hope you know that i really do 
I sound like somebody's mom on WhatsApp, right? <laughs> I sound like somebody's mom on WhatsApp. They're like, I'm so proud of you, Beta. I'm so proud of you. Has any Disney parent ever... <laughs> I'm not going to say anything. I'm dead. Um, Disney parents, I think the only time they're like, I'm so proud of you, Beta. It's like, we can get married. Otherwise, like, you can graduate, become a doctor, get a PhD. be like, nice. Nice job, Beta. And then that's it. But, like, when you get married, it's just like, Beta, I'm so proud of you you did that and you're just like mom what do you mean it's so crazy it's so weird but i'm really proud of you guys and i know that it's not easy my last and final point please do not deprive yourself of a sense of community even if you are a strong person even if you are religiously very strong you have discipline and whatnot you're very consistent do not deprive yourself of a sense of community when you are alone and you are not in the presence of so many other people that are remembering Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that are trying to improve their iman being in those gatherings where the angels are and doing those amazing things you are kind of setting yourself up to be an open target you know you're alone and that makes you a lot more of an easier target for shaitan as compared to being involved with the beneficial community and beneficial reminders and just people that will benefit you and your iman in amazing ways so surround yourself with those people a lot of the big mistakes i've seen reverse and converts make is that they instantly deprive themselves of a sense of community when they feel overwhelmed and that's not something you should do it's a very sensitive time and even if you are someone who's been muslim don't do it. I know that sometimes we think that we know it all and we're a bag of chips and like I don't need to do that and I can just be on my own. Don't do that. Attend those lectures, attend those places, hang out with, you know, beneficial company, do all those things. These are the things that are going to make you better and these are the things that are going to make you more firm and put you in the right headspace. So don't deprive yourself of a sense of community. It is very important. With that being said, I hope that I covered at least something that helps somebody, inshallah. Please let me know if there's anything that I can do on my podcast for Ramadan, inshallah. Hope you guys take care of yourself. Sending lots of love. Um, make doll for your girl because, you know, she can always go for some dolls. Appreciate it in advance. Thank you. Um, take care of yourself. Assalamu alaikum.